Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. Welcome again to Big Valley Grace. It is uh, good to have you guys here with us. My name is Brandon, uh, one of our pastors here, and we're going to get ready to light some candles together. But before we do, I heard a yes. Somebody's excited. That's awesome. Uh, But before we do, we're going to chat for just a second. And here's where I want to start. Here's an obvious statement. Christmas time is extraordinary. When you think about that word extraordinary, uh, you think of something that is extraordinary, right? It's the word up on the screen, extraordinary. So ordinary would be normal. Ordinary would be like the regular. Christmas is not regular. Look at what you're wearing. Look down your aisle. Good chance there's somebody who's wearing something out of the norm, something you wouldn't normally wear. You probably have things in your house, on your house, that are not the norm. They're extraordinary things. You might have activities you do in this season that you don't do any other time of the year. Who bakes this season and no other time of the year? Right? Christmas time, we're baking. Uh, Last week, my family and I, one of the evenings, we uh, all hopped in the the, uh, largest vehicle we have because we've got four kids. We all drove out to Oakdale to a court in Oakdale and we drove around this court and then we parked. We all got out of the car. We walked around this court and we got back in the vehicle and we drove around the court again. And then we came home, not something we would regularly do to any other normal court, but this one had Christmas lights. It's Christmas time. It's an extraordinary season. And so we do things that are not normal. And so how we want to spend this next couple minutes is what does the Bible say about the Christmas season? What does the Bible say about Christmas? Because the Bible tells us why this season is an extraordinary season. It is a not normal season. It is a peculiar, different, special season. And there's, I'm going to give you the top two. Top two reasons why Christmas is extraordinary, okay? And the first one is this. It is extraordinary that Jesus came. It's extraordinary that he came. 700 years before the birth of Jesus, here's the words of the prophet Isaiah. It said, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. What's that word Emmanuel mean? God with us. You catch that? Do you catch how extraordinary this word is? That the Lord himself is going to give you a sign because he's going to show up himself. He is going to be God with us. He's going to leave the glories of heaven and he's going to come here. He's going to draw near to us. And sometimes we hear this phrase so much in Christmas. We see this word used like a decoration. We hear Jesus' birthday. We hear And we lose a little bit of the weight of what that means. And here's here's an illustration I want to help help us to see. Everyone in the room, I want you to participate. I want you to think in your mind for a second. The most famous, the most powerful, the most influential person alive today that you can think of. I want everybody to have uh, have a name in your mind. Whether you're five or 80, you can do this. Think of the most, you know, it might be a Minecraft player. It might be, you know, some famous singer. It might be like a tech company CEO. Might be the most 
powerful, influential, famous people. So I, I wanted to participate in this this week. And so I went on Google and I started searching different lists. You know, who's, the, who's got the most Instagram followers? Who's got the biggest TikTok account? Who's the, who's the name that everyone, they have an opinion about something and you hear about it. You read about it. It's one of your top stories on your newsfeed. And these were the faces that showed up. Good chance you could name Almost all of those. And just because we live here in the United States, the top right-hand one, we have a different kind of football. But that guy, uh, Christian Rollo, yeah. These right here are a few of the most famous, influential, powerful people in our world today. And what I want you to do really quickly is I want you to look back at that double door right there. Look back right down there. Everybody do it. All right. And I want you to imagine the person that was in your mind they walk through those doors. Unlike the drone that crashed over here, you hear a, a helicopter overhead. It lands out by the crosses and the sails and out pops whoever it is. And they walk through those doors and they come down the row and wherever you're sitting, they sit right next to you. How crazy would that be? How crazy would it be if like the most powerful person you can think of, they just came and sat next to you. Like Elon, the guy who just bought Twitter. He comes and he sits right next to you. That's a little bit of the picture of what we see when God himself shows up in human form. He leaves the glories of heaven and he comes to be here. And the, it's, it's extraordinary that God shows up. But even more than that, even more extraordinary than is the number one reason. It's not just that he shows up, which is crazy in itself. It's maddening. But beyond that, it's why he shows up. See, God shows up for a specific purpose. He has a mission. He's on a mission. And that mission is the word we've been talking about as a church for the past month. It's the name of our series. You see it everywhere. It's on, hanging on trees out there. And it's this word right here, peace. And when you see this word, you might think in your mind, man, I, I, I see this word a lot. There's countries at war and they want peace. Jesus isn't talking about that kind of peace. You might see emojis and peace signs or inner peace or financial peace or peace, peace, peace. But it's not this peace. Jesus said something about his peace. He said this. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. So all the forms of peace that this world has to offer are entirely categorically different than the peace that Jesus brings. What is that peace? I've been thinking for the past month, how do I tell the story of peace? And I was sitting last week and my little boy, my oldest son, he's eight. I was sitting in his piano recital. Anybody in the room have like piano recitals or recitals or Christmas programs at school lately? Yeah, a couple hands in the room, okay. So I was sitting in his Christmas recital and one at a time, all the, the kids are going up there and they play their tune. And it made me think back of when I was growing up and think back of uh, my Christmas recital. My parents had me play piano. They made me play piano before I could play guitar, which is what I really wanted to get to. But I played piano. And I remember when I think about that memory, there's one thing that comes to mind. Nervousness. 
I remember being really, really nervous. I didn't want to mess up. I didn't want to get up there in front of everyone, sit down on the piano bench, play the tune, and have a bunch of wrong notes, have a bunch of bad notes. And so I just was nervous about it. I was worried about it. And so as I was thinking about how do I illustrate peace to you, I was thinking, don't show them. Let them hear. So I got a little piano. Okay. And what you're going to hear, because this is a gift to you, because I literally can't turn this feature off. As soon as I turn it on, you're going to hear a little jingle, like a little tune. Okay. Here we go. World-class conductor sitting right here, by the way. How was it? Couldn't hear it? it? (laughs) It's probably for the better. Okay, so when it turns on, it's got a little tune. And something about every single note in that tune, they're all in harmony. They're all part of a scale. They all work together in unison. In the beginning of the Bible, what we find is we find peace. Another word for peace is harmony. We find harmony in God's creation. He creates and there's nothing that's broken. But in Genesis chapter three, what happens to that peace? That peace gets broken. That harmony gets lost because sin enters the world and we see its impact everywhere. And what happens to that beautiful chord, that beautiful harmony, that beautiful peace, is that. And it's uncomfortable, isn't it? It's jarring, it's disruptive, and that's exactly what rebellion to God created. It created this terrible break in the harmony. And we long to hear it stop. We long to hear it end. We long to see what is broken be fixed. And the story of why Jesus came of what is the most extraordinary about Christmas is that Jesus came to fix that which was broken. He came to take that terrible sound and bring it into harmony again. He came to bring peace. He came to offer a peace that you can't find in the world and he came to give that as a gift that you might have peace with him and the peace of God in your life. And so what does all of this have to do with candles? What do these two extraordinary things have to do with candles? And I'll tell you, this candle tells the story of the two incredible things we talked about. The two extraordinary things, and here's what they are. First, there is a light that comes. There is a light that comes to those who were dwelling in darkness, stuck in darkness. And It's extraordinary that Jesus comes. That was point one. But what's also beautiful and wonderful and mysterious and crazy is that we've got a room full of unlit candles who have no hope to be lit if not for the one candle. And so this also is a picture of point two, why Jesus came because there is peace for you. There is hope for you who are hopeless. And so as we light these candles and as we close our gathering, that's exactly the picture that is gonna spread throughout this room, that Jesus came. 
why Jesus came so that we might also have the light. And it says in John chapter one that, that the light was life for all men. And if you believe, it says in Romans five that Jesus is our peace and the peace that you hold is the peace of Jesus. It's the peace we need and it's the peace we celebrate at Christmas. All the other stuff, all the other celebrations, all of them are just like side dishes. This is the centerpiece of Christmas. This is the focal point of Christmas. This is why we celebrate. And so that's what we're gonna do is we're gonna share in this visual. Um, I'm gonna invite the team up and we're gonna sing a really familiar song in Silent Night. And I hope even the picture of music hits your ears differently as you think about the jarring sound that once existed. All those who name the name of Jesus can say, man, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. I once was in darkness, but a light has come to me. That's our story. And that's what we celebrate. So let me pray and then we're gonna enjoy this together. Father, I thank you, Lord. Thank you for the kids in the room. We can be together family style and Lord, just be here to worship you on Christmas. Lord, thank you for getting our eyes on you. Thank you, Lord, that you did the extraordinary, Lord. You stepped down here to invite us personally into relationship, back into relationship, perfect harmony and peace with you. Lord, that's only found in your son, Lord. You are the way, the truth, the life, Lord. And Lord, we thank you for it. We worship you for it. We're just a grateful people for the grace we found in you, Lord. So I thank you, Lord, that we can celebrate you. And we all pray this in the name of Jesus and all God's family said, amen.
Before you blow out your candles, I just want to, if you can, safely, really quickly, just look around. Look down the rows, look up in the balconies. This beautiful light that has come to us has come to you. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said this. He said, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. That's what we're to be about. That's what being part of the church is about. As a church, we have this vision, love your actual neighbor. Our mission of our church is to love God, love people, make disciples. We're all about taking this light and sharing this, spreading the hope of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, the peace that exists that you have access to through the free gift of Jesus. This is what we're about. And so my encouragement, church family, let's keep being about this. Keep being about the light that you've been giving to share that with others. And what a great picture this is.